Hello, everyone, and welcome to Listen to These Nerds Presents Road to Pacific City, brought to you by Masks. My name is Harry, and I will be GMing this session for tonight. Joining me, we have... Hi, my name is Chris, and I will be playing the role of Marcus using the Player's Handbook Weapon. Hi, I'm Joe, and I'll be playing the character Amanda Crowley uh, using the uh, playbook The Doom. John? I am. Hi, I'm John. I am playing Elliot, and I'm using the playbook The Bowl. And I'm Jonathan, and I'll be playing Ankh. Uh, my playbook is The Transformed. All right. Uh, I will also be playing uh, Zach, whose playbook is The Delinquent. So, last we left off, basically a part of Zach's past came up and quite literally bit him in the ass, and you guys defended him with aplomb. And although you weren't able to capture the assailants, you were pretty proactive in making sure people, both Zach was all right after he got tranquilized, and that the resulting crowd that had gathered during your little um, scuffle was taken was safe and not in any danger. So let's start this off with uh, Ankh. So Ankh, uh, the last time we saw you, you were just kind of stretching yourself up onto a rooftop and kind of taking off from there. Uh, have you kind of been like, keep going or have you just sort of like gone as far as you can and sort of stopped to take a break? Right. Um, so I think Ankh will go a couple roofs over. He'll just con continue to like stretch Armstrong his way until he feels safe, right? So uh, at the time when he was running uh, with, you know, Zach's unconscious body, he uh, had the condition afraid, right? So he's like just trying to get away. He's not thinking super rationally. And then eventually he's going to hear that flashbang, right? Yes. And I think that's going to maybe provide him a mo moment of clarity that like, okay, I can't just run like, sure, Zach is unconscious, but my friends might also be in danger. Yeah. I, I will say that as you're kind of running, when the flashbang goes off, you kind of feel Zach like start to stir a little bit, and you get the feeling that maybe the tranquilizer is like slowly wearing off. Okay, yeah, that's amazing. Um, in that case, Ankh is just going to lay Zach down and try to resuscitate him. All right, how does Ankh do this? This is a great question, because Ankh has, does not have a great grasp of his own biology, let alone regular human biology. Um, but where are know. the where are the hydraulics? I just squeeze those, and it gets water to where it needs to go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, uh, he can probably feel that like Zach is running a little hot. Um, you know, those, those tranquilizers are like vasodilators. Usually, they 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 really elevate your blood pressure. Um, and so Anka's gonna be like, okay, well, I gotta try and like cool him down a bit. My body is mostly water, so that's that's not gonna be too too difficult. Um, so. Yeah, I guess. So you're spooning him, is what I'm, yeah. what I'm hearing. In a way, do you think this would be like a comfort or an, or support? Uh, I, or... I don't think uh, I don't think you need to make a roll for this. I just oh, kind of okay, wanted sure. to get the idea of like when he wakes up, what situation he's going to be in. Yeah. So like, I'm assuming you're kind of like enveloping certain parts of like you're enveloping Zach's body, or you're just kind of like laying next to him, trying to cool him off using uh... your body as like a radiator. Yeah, no, I'll definitely, like, you know, kind of engulf his his arms, most of his, like, upper body. All right, so, uh, yeah, so you do this, and then Zach kind of like, uh, uh, oh, oh, I am so glad that I am waking up to your face. What, where, what is happening to my arms? Uh, okay, as soon as he starts talking, Ankh is just going to, like, drop him onto the ground. Up! Oh! Oh, you're awake. Oh, yeah, that was something uh wait hold on where are the others L listen we we had to get away there was too many of them oh the, okay the others stayed behind to fight we gotta go back uh, yeah yeah um uh and he kind of like looks over the side of the building you're on it's like a three-story building zach is like uh you mind if i hitch a ride with you oh uh, yeah i got this so um, Zach kind of like, I just like puts his arms inside your body and you kind of wear them like a backpack. Yeah, classic piggyback style. It's like, I um, gotta admit, this is the first for me, but I, I kind of like it. Hold on. So, okay, so how do you get back down to street level? Um, the same way I got up. So Anka's gonna like stretch his legs um, 
and like use uh, the hydraulic pressure of his legs to um, you know extend his body. Three stories is a lot, so he might take a balcony or two on the way down. <laughs> you like step a... on a balcony, and there's like a couple people like just sitting there, and Zach's like, "Pardon us, folks. Don't mind us." <laughs> it's gonna be a bumpy ride, but but they'll get down safe. All so, right. Yeah, Anka's also gonna be like really cautious because he doesn't know what's going on. So like, if Zach is gonna try and run ahead, he's gonna you know hold back a little. Yeah. Um, once you gotta get down to street level, Zach is gonna like disembark and be like, uh, "Okay, which direction did you guys? Where are they? I, I don't have any recollection of the last like ten minutes." <laughs> okay. Um, I think they're in that alleyway over there, and Anka's actually gonna stretch now his upper body up to make himself taller uh, and take a look around about the crowd, see if he can like see anything where people are moving, if there's signs of smoke or something. I'm going to say at some point, uh, like when you're doing this, uh, a woman's just going to come up and be like, uh, are you friends with the, the, the strong guy, the thing that happened at trans restaurant? Yes. Oh, uh, go up that way, two blocks, hang a right, and then another right. You'll be right there. All right. Ankh's head will just telescope right down. Thank you. All right. And uh, so as you guys head off and follow that direction, we're going to cut back to um, Marcus and Elliot. And I'm assuming after basically finding out that they've managed to get away in a car, you sort of head back to check up on Amanda. Um, yeah, basically we head back in the direction of, you know, the crowd that had been flashbanged and see what's going on with Amanda and all them. All right. So I will say that for the sake of the scene, when we cut back to you guys, you are all sort of in together. Um, Amanda is still doing, basically looking over people, making sure that nobody's seriously injured. Uh, yeah. When you guys get back, um, what are you guys going to get up to when you guys return? Um, well, at this point, she, Amanda's probably like gotten rid of all of the barriers because it's been pretty safe. Mm -hmm. So she's just like helping in people individually one at a time. And then like once someone's good to go, she'll like hand them off to somebody else. Yeah. And uh, you're actually kind of surprised both at uh, just like how many people have kind of come out to help. Like you're going around individually and you maybe basically have to help like one or two people before you realize like this crowd has gone from like mob to panic to like help mode in a very short amount of time. So this community seems like it's kind of... It, not necessarily that this has happened before, but they were ready for something like this. Yeah, kind of like that, actually. Mm -hmm. This might not have been the first time that, like, people have had to suddenly do, like, calm down a mass crowd situation. Mm -hmm. Huh. All right, then I guess Elliot and I will make our way over to Amanda. How is everything going? Uh, she looks around. Honestly, pretty good. Did you guys catch him? Unfortunately not. They were in a car of some type and they sped off before we could catch up with them. Oh. Oh yeah, I forgot you can't fly or anything. Um, hmm. Why do you keep making these assumptions about me? I mean... She like... She don't have any visible robot parts, but she just does like a robot like sort of arm thing. Like You do the robot like dance? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Elliot's just gonna straight up say, I, I think he even said this last session, uh, if we don't know what you can do, we just kind of assume that you can do everything. Noted. Would you be more comfortable if I was to give you a full list of my capabilities for future events? Like like a manual? Do you have a manual? I can write one if you would like. Oh, I would love that. <laughs> Noted. And, uh, I'm gonna say at this point, uh, you guys actually see down the street Ankh and Zack sort of, like, coming up. Uh, Zach, now noticeably much more conscious than he was a few minutes ago. <laughs> yeah. Okay. You, like, Ankh is gonna, like, wave. And All right. Talking over, yeah. Wow, that lady's directions are right on the money. Damn. There you are. Are you feeling all right? Um, a little hot, but other than that, like, not too bad. Hmm. Ugh, neck hurts, though. Jesus Christ, that thing came out with a lot of pressure. Uh... The man's gonna go up to Ankh. Hey, Ankh, thanks for taking care of Sleeping Beauty over here. Oh, uh, no problem. I mean, mm. thank you guys. I, look, I may not have been conscious during that exchange, but I know for a fact that after I got knocked out, Dimitri probably offered you some sort of deal. It's 
pretty much how my dad operates. And the fact that uh, I'm still standing here means that you guys didn't take it. So, like, uh, Amanda, Amanda turns from Ankh with her smiling face, which becomes a frown, and says, Okay, you got some explaining to do. <sighs> okay, um, right, yeah, I owe you guys that much. So, and at this, um, the portly gentleman who, um, you guys all know is Tran, uh, Mr. Tran, sort of comes up and says, uh, excuse me. Listen, oh, yeah. Uh, I just wanted to say, uh, thank you, little lady, for helping us out with that. Uh, I, phew, uh, you see a lot of things in this town, but that was pretty impressive, all things considered. Uh, yeah, uh, sorry, we didn't, uh, end up catching them. They, uh, drove off, but, uh, we're, we're gonna look into it, so, so don't worry about it. Um, well, you guys have, like, any... She look, looks over at the destroyer, like, insurance stuff? Well, that's kind of what I wanted to talk to you about. See, we follow the law here in Chinatown, but for a lot of community things, we tend to do a community council. I figured maybe this might be something that we should bring up with the community head. Just, you know, make sure everything's squared away. Who knows? Maybe they can figure out something for this. And he sort of, like, gestures over to the, the front of the restaurant. Uh, d what do you want us to, uh... I mean, at the very least, we've got to thank you properly for, you know, making sure people were safe. Uh, yeah, oh, sure. Uh, it was no problem. I mean, again, we kind of brought, uh, I mean, they, they was, they were after us, so. I mean, it doesn't know, I mean, it's like, oh, God, I don't know what to do here. Uh, <laughs> she, like, starts looking around and everyone, um, yeah, um, Is sure. that, yeah, so, uh, what do you, so, sorry, Joey, go ahead. Uh, yeah, yeah, sure, it, whatever, uh, you want to do, we're good. Right, right, guys? Zach kind of, like, gives a thumbs up. <laughs> Alright, uh, here. Uh, come with me. I'll get you to raise. And, uh, with that, Jerry starts, like, walking you down, uh, more of the streets in Chinatown. As you're walking past, um, like, people are like, oh my god, Jerry, I heard about what happened to your restaurant. Like, people are coming up, clearly having heard stuff through the grapevine. Uh, and it seems like rumor travels fast in this town. Because I was gonna say. Even as you guys start, like, moving, like, a couple blocks away from the restaurant, people seem to be aware that something happened in front of Jerry's restaurant. Uh, and Amanda's gonna... more and more, like, self-conscious that all these people are looking at her and paying attention to her. She, she just wants to go back into her room. <laughs> she just wants to go into her magic door. Oh, no, the community I love. Me enjoying community. Haha, <laughs> this rules. Me when the community is looking directly at me. Oh, this sucks. I just wanted to be part of this. I just wanted to, like... <laughs> ingratiate myself in this cool insular community i didn't want to become like a big thing and this is i am i'm still a teenager and, and i don't like people looking at me all right so as you guys head about a couple blocks down the road you come across a like um it is a what looks to be part of like a, a restaurant that is built into the facade of a taller building probably a good like six or five stories and right across the front of it, there is a big sign that just says, Raise Cleaning. Mm. And uh, Tran, uh, Mr. Tran's like, oh, uh, yeah, here, come on in. I'll, I'll introduce you. And as you guys go in, you suddenly realize that this is not a laundromat. This is a restaurant. As you enter, you're sort of like hit with this waft of, you know, uh, oils and chilies and spices. Like, the restaurant you guys went to before had, like, a good aroma to it. This one is, like, tenfold. This is very Ooh. clearly a place with, like, very baked-in smells, and like, the faintest hint of what smells like, like, lemon for some reason. It just kind of huh. cuts through it very subtly, and you don't, and not sure how to really feel about that. Uh, I will say that, um, but it does smell absolutely delicious. And mm. as Tran kind of leads you guys up to the Major D, he starts talking to him. Uh, and the front of the house uh, guy goes, "Ah, yes, uh, head on up." And he takes you around to a uh, a staircase that goes around and sort of up to an office that you realize is overlooking the restaurant. And as you enter in, it's a fairly almost kind of kitschy looking thing. Like, you see that there's this, like, very fancy-looking oak desk, but it's covered in, like, family pictures and little knickknacks, kind of like an office worker. There's sort of a couple papers that are strapped about it. And there's this older woman with a pair of, like, reading uh, bifocals on, wearing kind of, um, 
a sort of weird combination of like um, a blazer and slacks as she's looking over stuff. And as you guys sort of come in, she goes, oh, Mr. Tran, I was somewhat expecting that you'd be showing up, but I didn't think that you'd be bringing company. And uh, Mr. Tran and uh, Jerry, uh, or Mr. Tran goes, um, everyone, this is uh, Mrs. Chow. She's the uh, current community head. Uh, Mrs. Chow, this is, um, well, a group of people that are kind of having a rough time. And I, I figured that maybe we could do something to help them out. And then Mrs. Chow kind of goes like, <laughs> Jerry, from the sounds of it, you've had a rough time. But um, no matter, but we'll get to that in the meantime. Um, what exactly? Oh, I know exactly. She goes over, um, she pushes a button on the intercom. Uh, actually, hold on. Are any of you hungry? I don't really do business unless I've had something to eat. Um, quick question, just to double check from last game, did we have a chance to eat anything before we were attacked? You I did don't think not. we were. We didn't no. even get to order. Yeah. yeah. It was a buffet. You don't order at a buffet. But you didn't have time well, to really sit down and enjoy it. Yeah. yeah, basically, we didn't eat, so I'm thinking, uh, yeah, I look around at all of you, and if um, you would be willing to provide us with some basic refreshments and food, I believe that would be sincerely appreciated. She just takes one look at Elliot and goes, I think your friend there is going to need a bit more than that. Don't worry, I've got just the thing. And she rattles off um, something in Mandarin, you're not uh, entirely sure what. And then she just uh, beckons for all of you to sort of like take a seat. And there's a sort of nice couch and a couple chairs sort of positioned around the place. As Mr. Tran basically explains what exactly happened at the restaurant. And he does it in fairly like glowing terms for you guys. Like, yeah, he's, he's still kind of miffed that his restaurant's a little like dinged up. But uh, like, you know, he doesn't want like he very clearly doesn't want you guys to be punished. for. I uh, see. Okay. Well, then, it sounds like all of you have had uh, quite the adventure, as it were. It was a very unfortunate event, and we wish that things had not gone the way they did. Hmm. Well, I'd say, hmm, you know, the red string of fate gets me again. Listen. I have a distinct inkling I know what you're up against. At the very least, it's pretty obvious that all of you are some degree of teenagedom, yes? Um, yeah, y yeah, you could say that. Mm, I knew it. It's the way you carry yourselves, that mix of self-consciousness and uh, invincibility. You only get it at the young, except for you. I'm not... She points at Mar- uh, when she does says that, she points at Marcus. You carry yourself much more like a soldier. Uh, but never mind that. You're not yes. the first teenage runaways to come through Chinatown, and you're certainly not going to be the last. Though most I teenage do not... runaways don't come with <laughs> men's in suits. I do not know what you are talking about. I am 21 years old. <laughs> and with that, she sort of looks at you and goes- and She sort of looks at you and goes, Mm-hmm. I'm sure. Anyway. Internally, uh, I'm very glad that I did not, uh, you know, include the ability to sweat with this body. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, if we get insurance, the biggest problem right now is that getting insurance companies involved gets a lot of difficult bureaucratic paperwork that really I don't think anybody here wants to deal with. Oh, oh, the food's here. Uh, she says something in Mandarin, and they bring in these plates full of, like, steaming bao and sort of, like, large amounts of fried rice. Uh, some sort of noodle dish with sauce. You're not entirely sure, but it smells heavily of garlic. And uh, with that, they also bring in, like, several plates, and she sort of sets it up in a, like, on a part of, uh, off to the side of the room and says, Well, please, please, duck in, duck in. As she goes over, pulls one of the bao off of the stack and sort of, like, starts eating it, like, uh, and just starts sort of, like, munching on it. Oh, yeah, um, I'm guessing that this might be some of the best food that I have ever smelled in my life, so I'm just going to, yeah, gratefully uh, make a small plate of food and tuck in. Uh, yeah, Amanda will do the same. She is eating to avoid the eyes of this lady because she is terrified of her. <laughs> same here. Also, um, on a side note, Marcus has never had Chinese food before, so he, yeah, um, he's just chewing with very wide eyes. 
<laughs> when uh, Mrs. Chow sees that and goes, Ah, I see you're enjoying my grandfather's recipe. Good, good. He certainly knew how to cook, that's for damn sure. Mm-hmm. Now, this does leave us with a dilemma. If we don't want to get insurance companies involved, uh, the community could serve the community. Chinatown could take on the expenses of rebuilding Tran's restaurant. However, that obviously does incur a debt. However, considering what Tran's told me about all of you, rather than having you pick up garbage for a few months at a time, I'm wondering if you can help me with a small little favor. Um, what? Well, you see, Recently, we've been trying to... There's a, a building that we're renovating, uh, part of our expansion, uh, expanding it, as you would say, to add some more floors. Unfortunately, every day for the last two weeks, the workers have come back to the site to find something either sabotaged or broken or even threatening messages left behind. Apparently, even two days ago, the one of the night watchmen said that they managed to see a ghostly figure walking through the site late in the evening. Ominous. <laughs> Hardly. I have good reason to believe that it's somebody trying to get us to abandon that particular project. I don't really believe in all of that spooks, uh, spooky business. But, well, I'm sure you've seen how fast rumor travels in this city. And as such, I would like to make sure that the property doesn't become devalued because of these baseless rumors. Uh, I'm gonna pierce the mask on this lady. Is she, like, super evil? Because the way that she's talking is a little, like, is a little suspect, but, like, technically she hasn't said anything wrong. Mm -hmm. Uh, I got... Oh, okay, that's good. I got 11. Alright, uh, so pierce the mask. You can ask three questions. Okay. Oh. What do you intend to do? What do you want me to do? What are you really planning? All right. Um, I'm going to answer them in a slightly different order. So what she's really planning, uh, or what she's really planning is she literally just lucked out on a group of people with superpowers that could probably solve a problem that is an issue for her. This is for her like a boon. And she's legitimately just trying to get you guys to do the favor for her because every other alternative takes way too long and also doesn't solve this problem. Uh, what she wants you to do is to just help her with this, and what she intends to do is to basically offer you a deal if you guys follow through with this. Okay. So, almost immediately following that, she goes, if you manage to help me out with this small little problem, not only will we consider the debt to trans restaurant paid in full, but I'll make sure that if those suited goons come back and try anything, or even start looking for you, that we'll send them on a wild goose chase that they'll never find the end of. Uh, she's and... gonna look over at Zach. Is that good, or do you want to, like, find them? Uh, best if we avoid, uh, Zach's gonna kind of be like, like, just sort of like, yeah, yeah, no, we, we want these guys to not find us. Then, okay. would you believe it would be wise to take this offer. Oh, uh, yeah, if we can keep them off our trail. I mean, once we get the tires tomorrow morning and we get out of the city, if they're still here, that's only benefiting us. True. All right, then. <laughs> so I assume that you guys kind of went to, like, a little bit of a huddle and then, like, coming back out of it? Yeah. And I guess so... I'll take points on this. So we appreciate your proposal. We accept. She starts, like, clapping her hands together. Wonderful, wonderful. Please, now, eat up, eat up. Look at you, your skin and bones, all of you. And uh, as you guys um, go through dinner, um, Chow basically sort of just talks shop a bit with you guys. She realizes pretty quickly that, like, direct questioning um, doesn't really... You guys are probably a little cagey about it. Um, but, yeah, she gives you a little bit of a history about the, the restaurant. It used to be a laundromat, like, way back in the day when her like back when her grandfather's grandfather owned the restaurant uh, and then her grandfather turned it into a restaurant and she's been sort of keeping it up for that and she's been the community head. Basically, she's just kind of talking your guys' ear off as you, I'm assuming, clean up this plate of delicious, these plates of delicious food. Yeah, um, every single plate of food is a treasure waiting to be discovered for Marcus. 
But yeah, uh, after that, she'll basically be like, all right, now, uh, originally I had planned to do this with uh, other people, but there's some things that I think you might, here's some things. You're going to need lanterns, um, and this is a space eater. The building's not exactly insulated, so it's going to get cold at night. And, uh, well, you don't exactly look like you're wearing too many layers. Also, um, it goes without saying, but try not to mess up the building too, too much, please. And again, if you can manage to capture this ghost, that would be appreciated. Mm. Uh, Very well. well. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Wonderful. We'll, we'll, do, we'll do our best. Oh, I know you will, sweetie. Anyway, uh, here's the address, and she hands over a, like, card with uh, an address on it. Um, I'll have one of the night watchmen, um, Tony, he'll meet you outside. I'll let him know that you're coming. Fastest way to get there is probably to cut uh, close to the 42nd Street Preservation Zone, and then uh, hang a left once you manage to get onto um, A Street. All right. Thank you for the directions, the offer, and the excellent food. Oh. Yeah, yeah, th thanks. Wonderful, wonderful. Just make sure that you meet Tony at the gates, uh, at the gates of the building by about eight o'clock. Understood. What? Oh, oh. And one more thing. I, I know that you have special talents, but using them can be dangerous and it attracts attention from all sorts of people, the wrong sorts of people, not just the ones that seem to be looking for you. So, you know, just a little tip from Auntie Chow here to make sure that you guys uh, stay safe. And I'm going to say that Chow is attempting to use her influence over you to shift your mundane mm. up and your freak down. Um, okay, sure, I'll, uh, I'll accept that. I'll, I'll accept it as well. Alright. Um, John and Jonathan, what about you guys? Hmm, Monday, uh, okay, I'll, I'll accept that. Um, I'm yeah. If anyone has to accept it, it's gotta be John. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm not gonna accept that. Ankh is like kind of taken aback. He's like, what? What? What am I gonna do? Just like not show my face? <laughs> I, I'm a walking blob of jello. What are you talking about? <laughs> mm. All right. Uh, so roll to reject their influence. Okay. Do I add anything to this? Uh, just says roll. Okay, that's an. Uh, yeah, unless you have uh, the the specific delinquent move, there's nothing that uh you add to it. Yeah, that's and just a flat eight. A flat eight. All right, so you may choose one. You may clear a condition or mark potential by immediately acting to prove them wrong. Shift one label up and one label down. Your choice. Uh, or you can cancel their influence and take plus one forward against them. Huh. That's that's interesting options. <laughs> <laughs> um, hmm. Plus one forward against this lady would probably be pretty useful. You think so? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, sure. That's, yeah. that's what I'll do. And um, the way that I'm, uh, so do you have a way that this uh, sort of like implements or do you want me to say, uh, sort of come up with that? Well, well I, I mean, this this is the one that doesn't require him to take an action. He can just oh, cancel just the influence. Okay. Yeah, right. it, it's, it's only the first one that requires you to actually do something. Okay. Hmm. All right. All right. So, yeah, uh, I will say that um, it is going to be about an hour-ish until it's about eight. Um, so Zach's going to quickly do, like, some math in his head. It's like, okay, listen, if we're going to be doing, like, a, an overnight stay there, does anyone mind if I go back to the RV and pick up some stuff? I don't just want to sit on my hands for, like, the entire night. Well, I you're not no going by yourself. You're, 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 you're now being babysat, Mr. In Demand. Okay, Amanda. Fine. So, uh, does someone want to come with me then? I'll go. Cool. Okay, if you're going, then I have to go, because I don't trust either of you. <laughs> Why? <laughs> come on, Amanda! What can we possibly get up to? Well, uh, let's see. Uh, someone could try to steal... to steal you away again. Then Elliot might throw their car into a wall, so... Yeah, and that would be badass. So while Zach and Elliot head back to the RV to grab some stuff, um, Ankh and Marcus and Amanda, what are you guys going to be getting up no, to? No, I'm you... going with them, remember? Oh, right. Amanda is coming with you guys. So uh, Ankh and Marcus, what are you guys going to get up to waiting for the others to get back? So are we... Um, can we say that we are going to the place where we're, you know, supposed to meet uh, this woman's contact? At yeah, about 8 sure. So All right. at... 
So you guys start uh, heading over to the uh, thing. As you, uh, you basically follow her directions. And as you do, you basically come across this section of city that looks like it's being decimated. Like, buildings are, like, half destroyed. Like, bare steel sticks out of concrete pillars. Uh, like, road, like, the roads that are running in between the area look like they've been torn up by explosions. And, uh, like, burn marks are all over the things. There are some sections that look like they've been cleanly sliced by something. Uh, and as you guys are walking through, you realize that this is the 42nd Street Preservation Zone uh, that Mrs. Chow was talking about. Mm. And uh, I'll basically be blunt. It looks like the aftermath of an like urban. It looks like the aftermath of urban war, sort of like left almost exactly the way it was when the war ended. Peace. Okay. But as you guys are sort of following those directions, you also come across this like massive art installation. And as you guys get closer, you see on top of it, it's got this big title card that says Wall of Collaborators. If you've seen any of these people, call this number and it lists like a 1-800 number. And you realize as you're sort of walking past that all of these photos, there are these tons of photographs and all of them have uh, what looked to be like a name and some sort of ranking. And you realize pretty quickly that these are all people that were like, uh, you find like a little plaque explaining that these photos are all of people that after the directoriate fell were never accounted for either in body count or, uh, you know, brought to trial. And Ooh. so there's this massive display with all of their po photographs basically showing like if you see any of these people and you assume that and that tells you that the number is like a an international criminal uh, uh, or a hotline for the uh new america uh, or yeah it's an international one basically for the entire americas that you can call uh for like you know to report if you see any of these people as you're moving along you see that the photos uh they start off like you know about like maybe uh like sort of portrait sized and as you get along and the ranks start becoming bigger and bigger, the photos get bigger and bigger until eventually you're actually looking at these massive, almost spanning the entire wall photographs of people that just have a single name. Um, and you realize that these were like super villains that worked with the directoriate. You see Dr. Morpho, uh, sort of one there, and you see that next to them they have a bunch of different images that show them in, like, different hairstyles and different ages, uh, because as the plaque explains, although the Directoriate fell several decades ago, um, one of the members of the Directoriate, Gilgamesh, was obsessed with finding this key to immortality, and while he failed, uh, it was theorized that he had managed to create several sort of, like, age-defying, um, you know, uh, potions and sort of such like that. And as such, members of the upper echelons of the Directoriate could look anywhere like their actual ages, so late 50s, early 60s, to their early 20s because of that. Yeah, I, I, I from uh, what Amanda remembers is that he he found ways to extend life, but not, like, make it, a, like... He, he was looking for, like, the, the catch-all, like, never age, but he, at the same time, he was able to extend people's lives. Yeah, and so that's why they have all these different photographs of them that have been, like, digitally aged up and digitally aged down to be like, if you know, if you see any one of these things. <laughs> if and... you see a baby that looks evil, <laughs> call this number. <laughs> <laughs> this child has malicious intent. But as you're walking by, Marcus, you actually yeah. see a familiar face. Um, I guess, Hank... You're walking forward for maybe a couple paces before you realize that Marcus isn't with you. You turn back and Marcus is stopped and is directly looking at one picture in particular. All right, Anka's going to kind of like walk back. These are the bad guys, huh? So, Harry, could you describe who it is I'm looking at? Well, the face is familiar to you, but the name Minerva isn't. You know her as something else, the matriarch. And as you kind of look at this photo, it sort of is looking sort of directly at the camera. You kind of feel almost as if you're being watched all of a sudden. A sort of creep, a wave of paranoia washes over you. I just, even though I, I made sure that this body never had the physical capacity to shiver, I still suppress the urge to do so, and I just turn and begin walking away. <laughs> 
And I just say, Wink, um, yes, bad guys, worst. All right. So I'll say that um, the trip to the RV, uh, as you guys, as both uh, Ankh and Elliot head off, um, Zach, Amanda, and, um, or sorry, um, Ankh and Marcus, uh, Zach, Elliot, and Amanda, you guys managed to get back to the RV. And it looks like Zach has taken his backpack and is just starting to stuff it full of a bunch of, like, gadgets. Uh, he's also picked up those two grocery bags or, like, uh, big plastic bags you saw him with earlier. And he's like, all right, let's head back. Okay. And, uh, I'm just scanning around. So far, everything seems quiet. Uh, I will say that, um, Elliot, you don't see any, like, SUVs or anything like that following you guys, so... You think that maybe so far you're still in the clear. Uh, so once we get back into the RV, um, uh, Amanda is going to go into a room and come out um, and has a hat that says, uh, uh, you know what? It, the hat, on the it's, it's a normal baseball cap, except on the front it says princess. And then she takes it and she puts it on Zach's head and says, yeah, just in case uh, anyone comes by, wear this. They won't. They won't be looking at your face. <laughs> Zach looks at it in the mirror and says, "Oh, it's so nice. It really compliment my eyes. How did you know?" Look, that's my favorite hat, so don't lose it. All right, all right. Hat staying safe. And uh, yeah, so um, Elliot and Ankh, uh, you basically make your way to the uh, to the building. Not, not Elliot. Sorry, uh, Marcus and uh, Ankh, you make your way to the building, and shortly afterwards, um, Elliot, uh, everybody else arrives. Uh, and outside, you see uh, a fairly sort of thin-looking man in a security outfit. Uh, and he's kind of like, Oh, hi, are, are you the people that Mrs. Chow told me would be coming over? Indeed. We are here to take care of your... I believe she referred to it as a ghost problem. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's, uh, that's the thing, all right? Uh, yeah, well, uh, let me just lay in here. And he goes over to the gate and, like, unlock, uses a key to unlock it and sort of, like, uh, opens it up. Uh, if you guys need to get out for anything, uh, I've got, I'll give you this key. I, I've got a spare. Uh, and if you, if you need anything, I'm, uh, I'll just be, uh, outside here. Yeah, definitely out of the building. Won't, won't be getting in your way. And you can already see that there's, like, this small veneer of, like, cold sweat on this guy's brow. As you can pretty much tell, this guy's scared of these ghosts. Mm-hmm. All right, yeah, then. I'll, I'll just Don't, be outside. Uh, Amanda's gonna put her hand on his shoulder. Don't worry. Most ghosts will only possess you if you have a, a uh, weak, uh, if you have a poor sense of self and, and a lack of willpower. I'm sure you'll be fine. Oh, great! But yeah, yeah, yeah. If, if I did anything, I'll just be, just be outside here. Just, just definitely outside. And uh, with that, he sort of like pushes the gate back, locks hmm. it up, and uh, very hastily begins what you assume is his patrol. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, I mean, it's gonna step in. She's, she's honestly much more comfortable dealing with a ghost than dealing with a, a very threatening lady. <laughs> <laughs> the ghost will only just kill your soul. That lady will just destroy you. Yeah. So uh, heading in, basically you see sort of the, the remnants of what looks to be a construction. The first, like, two floors seem to be somewhat um, finished and that they put walls up. And you can see that they've started putting the walls up for a third floor. Uh, out in this sort of like fenced off area, there's a kind of um, section of the, I'm going to say the lots about the size of a city block. Um, there's like a section outside that's some sort of like, that's all outdoors. You see, they've got like, you know, um, little like uh, push carts, the sort of the beginnings of a crane, probably when they start getting the much larger stuff up there. There's sort of like pipes and rebar that are sort of strewn about, uh, left kind of like, you know, in bundles. Clearly, you know, something that's in the middle of a construction zone. Right. All right. Well, it looks like it's time for me to get set up. And with that, Zach just starts like going around and you see him putting like little tiny um, gadgets in sort of the nooks and crannies of places. What are you doing? That camera is linked to this phone. And that way I've got more eyes on this building than anybody else. Hmm. Yep. I mean, depending on the type of spirit, it might. Well, no, you might be all right. Well, I guess we'll just have to find out and see. And besides, even if the camera walks out, the motion sensors should be good for something. Assuming that this ghost takes a physical form, these things will find him. So, right. 
So yeah, I will say that it's like around eight-ish, so the sun is beginning to set, but you've still got a bit of time before um, you're going to have to start cracking up the uh, the lamps and lanterns that uh, Mrs. Chow gave to you. Okay. Because as you get into the building, you realize, like, there's no running lights or anything like that. It seems like it's all based off of, like, gas generators that aren't on at the moment. Hmm. All right. Well, uh, yeah. Amanda is actually, uh, so Amanda does a little utterance and then pulls her hands apart and her staff is summoned. Um, and she's going to start walking around with her staff, like, holding out in front of her. Um, and I'm going to use, uh, uh, Unleash Your Power. All right. Oh, jeez. Okay. Uh, plus freak, which is now minus one, so ten. Okay. Uh, so that's just you do it. So you're basically trying to sense if you can find some sort of um, like magical energy of any kind. Like, for like, for example, we don't know for sure. Like, even the in the arcade art, we don't know for sure if there's a, there is like an afterlife, a, like a heaven or a hell. But we do know that like. There are things that can be considered spirits of various types, like yeah. psychic resonance or like the the fail the failed result of a ritual, like. Mm -hmm. So reaching out with your um, death curse. basically, yeah. <laughs> it's like oh, who would have a death curse? I wonder. Um, so reaching out with your powers, you kind of feel around, and you don't really feel anything specific in this location. Um, but what you are getting is that um, basically the kind of way that I imagine ghosts in uh, is that effectively when like a massive emotional or traumatic event happens, it kind of leaves like a well for magical energies to potentially accumulate. And if enough magical energy does accumulate and that emotional like stint is strong enough, Effectively, it can spawn simulacrums of that person or that event that kind of appear. Mm -hmm. And, you know, based on how strong it is, you might get something that's like a one-to-one -one simulacrum of a person, or you might just get, you know, uh, phantasms but, that will just lash out at people. Yeah, or just so it just looks like a person, or, you know, or or, yeah. or, or it, it looks like the person that cast the spell. Like, it's, yeah. ma magic's not a precise science, I'll say that. Exactly. And so what you're getting is that um, DC is kind of like full of these little indents. Like even just in, I don't know how far your powers extend, but even just in like the couple of blocks around you that you can sort of set, feel out, like you can feel all of these like little indentations all over the place. Hmm. Uh, and you don't sense, like, and there are ones in this building, but you can't sense any like strong enough magical presence right now that would, like, you know, manifest something. Mm -hmm. Well, I don't sense anything. So, maybe this is just a person wearing a sheet. Well, let's hope so. If that's the case, it'll be the easiest, like, you know, get-out-of-jail-free card we've ever got. Zach's, like, gets up on a stepladder and is, like, putting something up, and he's doing it, like, the top rung, so it's super unsafe. There we go. Uh, oh, you could probably stealth around a little bit. Do you mind taking a look, uh, maybe above? Oh, uh, sure. Um, yeah, Anka's just been kind of, like, puttering around, like, looking un at corners and under things. He's not really sure <laughs> what yeah. to expect. So but... on the first floor, um, there's not a whole lot of stuff, is there? You do see what kind of looks like a makeshift office um, that seems to be, like, made out of, uh, like, a trailer that they've sort of parked kind of right next to the side of the building, and they've sort of brought in. So there is that place if you want to kind of get somewhere with this cover. Other than that, it's really just bare walls and concrete. There's not really a lot of, um, like, you know, any furnishings and, like, draperies. Uh, the second floor has the uh, the generator that you'd guess would, like, power most of the, the larger tools. Um, it has a couple sort of tool lockers that are locked up really tight. Uh, and it, But again, it's a lot of just, like, this section is, you know, pretty bare you can kind of tell that they were sort of fixing up parts of the walls because there's like a hole in one side of it on one of the walls. Uh, and then obviously the third floor is just like, it's effectively a roof with spires coming out of it. There's nothing really much in there. I see. So when you say a hole in the wall, you mean just leading to the outside? Yes. Hmm. All right. Well, yeah, doesn't sound too exciting. Ankh will go around and get the lay of the land for sure. Um, especially he'll check out like, if there are any easy exits in case we need to get away quickly, like from the upper floors, it doesn't really sound like there might be. But if there's like a ladder or something that, that he could lower from the second floor or something like that, 
Um, I will say that you can reasonably find a ladder. Um, the main thing, however, is obviously if you kind of put it out now, like you're basically just assuming that it is a person, you're kind of putting a giant, hey, come through this section. I mean, that might not be terrible if somebody's trying to break in and we give them an obvious in and like it's an ambush point, right? Hmm. So, yeah, maybe Uncle go and, and talk it over with the team before doing it. But that's that'll be his angle. Uh, what do they call that? What, uh, a, a, a honeypot, I guess? We could do no, that. No, honeypots if you're gonna have sex with them. This is just a straight-up ambush. Hmm. Uh, can I roll with anything to, like, maybe devise some sort of strategic plan or, you know, capitalize on what Ankh has just talked about? Uh, yeah. Give me an assess the situation. Uh, actually, yeah. Um, can I use one of my moves? Um, from Budapest with Love. You're still a teenager, but much more experienced. We'll travel the most. When you're developing a plan, roll danger. So, um... That sounds lovely. Okay. All right, just a sec. Okay, so I rolled an 11, and I have danger plus two, so that's a 13 total. Okay. <laughs> Damn. All right. Uh, so what does your move say, Chris? Okay, on a hit, tell the team how this reminds you of a mission from your dark past. GM will tell you what, if anything, seems different from what you remember. Okay, so I begin talking to all of you. In conditions that I have been in in my past, this reminds me of a situation in which I, myself and several teammates, we were working together to ambush the enemy team, so to speak. And they came in through this way, and I gesture over to where Ankh is telling you know, saying that people could maybe come in. And we stayed out of sight, and as soon as they let their guard down, we ambushed them and won. So, uh, I will say, the way that this is different is that back in that situation, you had much more cover to kind of, like, keep yourself out of sight. The problem hmm. with this one is that there's not really a lot of ways to break line of sight like i said it's bare like it's barren effectively yeah there's maybe okay. like a few things you can kind of hide behind but they don't really block anything uh so if you wanted to do this um so zach is gonna say well don't exactly have a lot of ways to hide around here but i figure if i place a camera just watching this spot uh, with one of my motion trackers uh we can probably know if somebody's gonna be coming through here i can hide pretty well that sounds good does your um, camera floor. Just... Hmm. I have a question. Does your camera operate with a flash? Nah, it's a it's a security camera, see? And he kinda points it at you and he shows you uh the screen on his phone and it's just like, you know, it's a a camera looking at you. Good. This will work. Even if this even if we aren't able to catch them if we use this camera, we will have an understanding of their identity at the very least. Cool, cool, cool. So then I guess we uh, we post up somewhere on the first floor and uh, wait for the mouse to get the cheese, as it were. So Ankh is going to try and hide on the second floor. Um, he's going to, you know, remove whatever clothing he's wearing. And, you know, Harry, you did joke about him becoming the floor. He's actually going to try and, like, become part of the wall. Ooh. Right next to the big opening in the wall, he's going to just flatten his body out so that he's invisible from somebody outside, right? Yeah, like, you're flat enough that nobody would bother to look at the wall. The idea see, being it, that, like, as what this person is never going to see him until they're already in the building on the second floor. Yes. Yeah. It, it's too bad that Aunt can't, like, split parts off for himself, or he could be uh, become the ominous dripping pipe. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he could do that if he just leaks out a little water. Yeah. All right. Um... Ah, well, I guess between the camera and you, if uh, something happens, we'll know. Uh, you sure you're going to be good up here all by yourself? Yeah, don't worry about me. All right, well, stay safe, guy. Uh, I guess we should probably find somewhere downstairs that we can uh, post up for. Yeah. Indeed. Amanda's going to look for, like, a tarp or something she can hide under. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, Zach is going to, like, go... Uh, go into the security office, uh, the little office they have there, and he says, oh, shit! And he comes out, he's like, yo, guys, check it out! Walkie-talkies! Oh. Um, okay. So, yeah, the, I go inside. How many of these walkie-talkies are there? Uh, there are four, it looks like. 
Um, and it looks like they come with little, like, headset mics as well, so you can use them hands-free. Hmm. Okay, yeah, uh, Mandel will take one. I'm going to check the connection on these things. How crisp do they sound, and do they give off anything like feedback that would, you know, let whoever's infiltrating know about our position? Um... The signal is pretty good. Uh, you basically test it between floors and you don't notice any particular problems. Um, the, any feedback would be coming through the headset mic, so unless it's like super loud, like deafening to you, it probably wouldn't be picked up by anyone in like the immediate vicinity. If we keep our voices low, there shouldn't be any problem with giving away our position. Can't you like just tap into the frequency or something? She like sees you working with it? Um, actually, yeah, um... Harry, if I spent a little bit of time, would I be able to do that? Do you have an internal communicator of sorts? I do. Um, whenever people uh, call me using their cell phone, all of you have noticed that I basically, um, um, I just go completely quiet, and you don't see or hear me saying anything, but um, you can hear it coming through your phone. Oh, okay. Cool. Yeah. Okay. She was making a joke, but then when you're like, yeah, you, yeah, I can do that, I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> One you see, this one is one. why we need a manual. That that she that she had what that that joke locked and ready to go. But then when you said that you were you could do it, she was like, "Oh, okay." <laughs> this is why people make assumptions. Yes, as I have said, I'm going to work on a manual. At the moment, we are busy with something else. But when I have some time, when we are back in the RV, I will get to writing one. Wait, what's this about a manual? Uh. They keep assuming things about me, such as if I can fly or not, so I'm going to put together a manual that lists my capabilities so that you all know how you can rely upon me in the future. Dope. All right. And, so, oh, yeah, sorry, go and, ahead. Thank you. And soon enough, um, yeah, now with, uh, there's no need for five walkie-talkies. We have four walkie-talkies and Marcus. Okay. So, um... Um, I'm gonna go up to Ankh, I'm assuming it's like, uh, they're getting in position on the wall. It's like, um, there's not really a place to put it. Um, where's your ear? Uh, if they come up this way, you'll know. Alright, just wanted to keep you in the conversation is all. That's and okay. yeah, so, uh, you guys post up for the night, sort of in different positions. Uh, Zach is gonna take up residence inside the, uh, the security, or the office, uh, and immediately begin, like, fitzing around with a chair that he found, one of those rolly chairs he found inside. What's, uh, and Ankh is going to take a position on the wall. Amanda is going to find a tarp. Uh, Marcus and Elliot, what are you guys going to do? Um, I suppose if we are downstairs, would we be out of sight? Um, if somebody comes up from the second floor, yes, you'd be basically out of sight. Because, like, they can't see through the concrete, or you assume they can't. Um, there's a bit more stuff on the first floor that you can kind of post up behind that, uh, Marcus, in your experience, if they come through the most obvious entrance points, like, they wouldn't be able to see you until it's too late. I will choose the most strategically sound position where I have line of sight on them, and if they go far enough into the building, uh, without noticing us, I would be able to position behind them so that they would be surrounded. Alright, uh, I'll say that you basically post up in the stairwell, effectively. And you kind of have this, like, it's not exactly, like, total line of sight on both floors, but you're, like, close enough and you can move fast enough that you can reasonably get, like, a good view of each of them. Cool, sounds good, thank you. Alright, and, uh, Elliot, what about you? So, the, the entrance they're coming through is, like, kind of, there's a wall, like, next to it, right? Yes. Alright, Elliot is standing, like, in breach position next to the, the entryway. <laughs> so it's like Ankh on one side and Elliot on the other? Yeah. Alright, I like it. Okay, uh, and so with that, you guys begin the stakeout. And you're waiting, and you're waiting, and you're waiting, and you're waiting. The <laughs> radio crackles to life. Y'all see anything? Shh. Okay, shh. Look, we can all hear each other inside our ears. I'm inside of a, like, I'm inside a building in a building. I think I can be a little bit loud. Stay yeah. focused, Zach. A, a little bit. All right, fine. Oh, look, I need something to keep me awake. You also, uh, throughout, like, the night, whenever Zach's talking, you've heard, like, sawing noises and, like, metal tinkering against each other. Anyways, uh, 
I think, Amanda, you wanted an explanation for what the hell all that stuff in the restaurant was, right? Sure. Well, it will keep us awake. It's probably better. So, Amanda, you remember how I basically just stopped coming to, like, English pretty much sometime around, like, senior year? Yeah. So, the reason that happened is because I figured out that I can do my, you know, little illusion trick. And so, because of that, it made skipping school, like, super easy. It also, uh made it so that I had to deal with a lot of problems with, uh, you know, teachers calling home and having to make sure my dad never got any of those messages from the principal. Uh, luckily for me, my dad's a bit of a friggin' Luddite when it comes to technology, so I managed to figure out the password on his computer, and I basically just started deleting emails and rerouting phone calls to my own personal cell. And, uh, basically he was none the wiser. And one day, while I was checking to make sure I wasn't going to be I found an email from a woman in Pacific City talking about how she wanted to see her son and my dad replying back that if she ever contacted him again, he would threaten legal action. And this kind of took me for a shock because as far as my dad had told me, my mom died shortly after she gave birth to me. And as such, he never really wanted to talk much about it. And now I come to find out that not only is she alive, but she's also living in Pacific City. And apparently my father was living in Pacific City before he won custody and then flew me across the goddamn continent so that I was as far away from her as possible. Needless to say, I didn't take this particular little bit of information well. I confronted my father about it, and it turns out we've had little disagreements in the past, but it turns out his whole fucking plan was not only to isolate me from her, but to turn me into basically a little clone of himself. Send me to the same business schools, get me working for the same goddamn companies, and basically turn me into a little facsimile of himself. Also, he could twist the knife further against this woman, my mother. Needless to say, I realized pretty quickly that I had to get the fuck out of there. So I enlisted Marcus's help to try and, you know, get out of the city. And then, well, then the whole fight in the Waffle House happened, yada, yada, yada. And, well, that pretty much takes us to where we are now. <sighs> okay, that should do it. Well, you see, I, I, I guess daddy's issues, but I didn't, oof, I didn't think yeah. it was that bad. My old man's a real fucking piece of work. And uh, Hey, hold on. Considering he hires guys with fucking Jane... Oh, Wait. Did you With see something? spy tech? No, one of the cameras is going fuzzy. It, it it looks like it's the one. Do you guys see anything outside? Do you guys see anybody coming up through the um, through the the second story window? I I can't see anything. Uh, can I roll to assess the situation? Sure. Okay, one sec. Um... Uh, also, quick question, Marcus. Are your yeah. um electronics hardened? Sorry. Uh, are they resistant to, like, EMP effects? Um, I'm going to say yes, for very important reasons. Okay, so, yeah, um, seeing that Zack is having this issue with his camera, you kind of check, and but y'all, your visuals are coming in just fine. Hmm, uh, okay, I rolled an 11, uh, so I am going to ask two. First off, what here is the biggest threat? And, uh, what here is in the greatest danger? Hmm. Just let me double check something. In terms of what is the biggest threat, if there is something that is screwing with Zack's electronics, that means there's something that could potentially screw with your electronics. Um, and as such, that is the biggest threat to you. You need to figure out what this rogue sort of problem is. Mm -hmm. Uh, and what was the second question, sorry? Uh, yeah, it was, one of them was, what here is the biggest threat? And the other one was, what here is in the greatest danger? So, yeah, uh, who do we need, who on our team is uh, in trouble and we need to get to them now? Uh, I'm gonna say, all of a sudden, um, as you're like, what the hell? Why is it fuzzy? Wait, what the, that's a motion sensor on the first floor. What the hell? And uh, you suddenly hear over the walkie-talkie the sound of, like, a door opening. And then all of a sudden, you just hear a, WHAT! <laughs> okay. 
Uh, yeah, I'm going to say over the comms. Zach's in trouble. Everyone convene on the first floor. Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening. You can find us on Tumblr at listentothesenerds.tumblr.com or on Twitter at LTTNCast. All our music is sourced from Incompetech.com and is licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0. You can email us at listentothesenerds at gmail.com.